role of the church, I want you to kind of listen with two ears because I think that there's really two churches that we're talking about. The first is the big C, the universal church, the church in which all Christians, all followers of Jesus are members of. Whether we agree about baptism or whatever, um, there's still this universal church with a big C. But I think it also talks to us about us, our church, AUMC with a little c. So as we talk about the role of the church, want you to listen with both your ears, one for the big C and one for the little c of our church. So we have this idea that the, the, the church should be about making disciples for Jesus Christ. We had the great commandment, right? The great commission, sorry. Um, go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what the church should be about, the big C. Every little C church should also be about that, making disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We should be about what the universal church is about, except it should be in a uniquely contextual way. There is no other church in the world like Atascacita United Methodist Church, situated where we are, serving a community that we serve. Now, don't hear that we're all that in a bag of chips. We're not that special. It's that every church is unique. Every church has its own unique set of people that make it up, serving in a unique community that make up that place. Some churches have strengths that other churches do not. So we, Atascacita at United Methodist Church, serve in a specific context. And that's okay. I think that's part of what God intended with the church is that we are able to uniquely contextualize ourselves for our community. Now understand, we're not changing the message. We're still carrying the good news, but we're doing it in ways that speak to our community. So I wanna to read to you from the book of Ephesians. It's the third chapter, it's verses eight through 13. And in it, I think we get a very explicit call out as to what the church should be about. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that though the church through the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. I pray therefore that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you, for they are your glory. So we've talked about this before, but there are scholars recognize sort of seven books that everyone sort of agrees that Paul wrote. 
Um, Ephesians is not one of those seven undisputed books. There's, there's evidence that perhaps Paul did not write this particular epistle. But it was somebody writing in his name. And before you go, oh, that's fraud, that's pretty normal back then. It was very common practice to write in the name of the person that you're following, your teacher. And so I don't think it in any way diminishes the holiness of this. Because Scripture works on us as we read it. It's the living, breathing Word of God. And in this text, we see that that. The follower of Paul, Paul is making this claim that he was sent to bring the good news to the Gentiles. Now, in the early church, there, there was some debate about whether the good news was really meant for the Gentiles. And, and there's some that really make the argument that it was the failure of the Jews to recognize Jesus as the Messiah that then made the gospel available to the world. But in this text, it's clear that this was part of God's plan all along, that God's grace is available to the world. And there's an interesting thing that's happening with the Greek that I just want to share with you. In verse 10, we read that, so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known. The Greek word that is used there, I won't even dare try to pronounce it for you, um, really talks about colors. It's a variety of colors. And it's really, uh, it's more in depth than what we get in our English translation. And so, so what the author is saying in this text is that God's grace is for everyone. God's grace is for everybody. God's grace is always important. It's always relevant. No matter your culture, no matter your color, no matter your creed, the grace of God is always relevant. It's always the most important thing. This text tells us that it doesn't matter what your culture is. God's grace is important and relevant to you. The author tells us that it is the purpose of the church to be the vehicle through which God's grace and wisdom is made known. That is the purpose of the church. This may hurt some of your feelings, but it's not about you. It's about the grace and wisdom of God and sharing it with those that don't know it. It's not about you. Now look, I know for a church to thrive and to be successful, you all have to be fed. You have to be growing spiritually, and that's important, and that's a beautiful thing. And it's beautiful when we, as a church family, take care of each other and love on each other in our grief and in our pain and in our joy. It's a beautiful thing. It's an awesome thing, but that's not what the church is about. It's, it's a byproduct, it's a side effect. 
What the church is about is sharing the wisdom and grace of God with the world. I'm not saying those other things aren't important. They are. And it's what the beauty of being a part of a church family is about. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the minute that we think that's what church is about, we're going to die. Churches that are focused inward on themselves don't live very long. They just don't. And let me tell you a secret. We get really kind of confused about how, how we are to be the church, how we're to go out and, and share the good news. If this church is going to grow, it ain't going to be your preacher that makes it grow. I mean, a good involved preacher and sermons that maybe keep you awake are helpful. But let me let you on a secret. I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. Everybody I hang around with is you, our leaders. I mean, I hang around with other pastors. Now, you might debate whether they're Christian or not, but I don't know anybody. I mean, I run into people on hunting trips and things like that where, where I don't... Listen, your pastor is not going to grow your church. Your pastor is not an effective vehicle for spreading the good news of grace and forgiveness in this community. It's you. It's you all that are the people that need to spread the good news of grace and joy and forgiveness. And we can get confused about how to do it. Sometimes we think it's about the preacher and the words. It's not about the words. It's about how you live your life. It's about how you live your faith. I'm sure you've heard this saying from St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel always. Use words when necessary. He's telling us that you are the gospel. You are the message. There's another one that I like. It is of no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. What this tells us is that we have to live out our faith. That we are walking sermons of grace and forgiveness and love. And there is this notion sometimes among churches that, that if you build it, they will come. If you build an awesome sanctuary, they will come. Maybe there was a day, but that day is gone. Build it and they will come. Uh-uh. You build an awesome gym, maybe even like a workout facility, they ain't coming. People come to church, come to experience God's grace because of you. Because you tell them about it. Because you share the good news. And yes, the Holy Spirit will send people to your church. And I've seen it. I see it all the time. Almost every Sunday, we have new people here that are visiting with us. And I believe that the Holy Spirit sent them. 
But it's darn sure not because Mike Tyson is preaching. It's because they know somebody here in our congregation or they have a connection to the weekday learning center. It's been my experience that churches that get this right, that are really about spreading the gospel first, carrying the good news of grace and forgiveness, they're those are the churches that grow. The churches that get stuck thinking it's about me and my wants and what I want, the other churches that don't. The purpose of the church is to make the grace and wisdom of God made known. That's what we're supposed to be about. So what about our church, our little C, Atascacita United Methodist Church? We've talked about this. We talked in August about sort of what our mission, what our vision is. Our mission is to enrich the lives of children and family by leading you to live, love, and serve like Jesus. And let me point out, that doesn't exclude anyone. This is who we are. For 35 years, this has been a church about making lives of children and families better. And in no way does it exclude single people, widows, orphans, whatever, because we want to lead you to live, love, and serve like Jesus. A church really has a difficult time being all things to all people. And this idea that we're here to help enrich the lives of families and children in our community, people, that is not new. That's who you are. It's who you've been for 35 years. So we're going to bring the gospel, the good news, out into our community and into the world. And, and we've talked about the how we're going to do that. The three words that we want you to remember are connect, grow, and go. But let me tell you, th these are not just words. We want these to be habits. These, these, we want these to be things that are just inculcated in your life in a way that it's just who you are. We want you to connect with others. We want you to connect with people in our community, with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with your friends. We want you to tell them what God is doing in your life. We want you to connect more deeply with God, and we want you to be a vehicle to connect others to God's love and God's grace. And before you get all worried about, oh, I don't know what to say, you don't save anybody. God does. All you got to do is just tell them your story. Tell them, my church is doing this. My church does family promise. My church helps feed the hungry. Come help. So there's no pressure. You don't save anybody. God saves. So connect means connecting with other people, making friends, and telling your story. Grow. We want you to grow in faith. A disciple who is not growing in faith is actually going backwards. We want you to find ways to study small groups, Bible studies, 
daily devotions. There's no one right way. We're all sort of wired up different. But we want you to make it a point in your life that you are growing in your faith, that you are growing in your understanding of how God is at work. And we want to grow this church numerically because that tells us we're doing our job. We're actually sharing the gospel and people are hearing it and they're wanting to come and be a part of it. Because the churches that share the gospel, people just flock to. Because the Holy Spirit sends them. And go. We don't want you to leave us. That's not what we're talking about. Go is the opportunity for you to put your faith at work. To go out and, and put it to work in the world. To, to let what you say and what you do match. We want them to be the same. Because brothers and sisters, what you say and what you do, it matters. It matters. If you have a child or a grandchild, I promise you, they are watching and they are listening. And if, if the words that you say don't match the actions of what you do and how you live, they're going to be confused. We might all be confused. Go means that you're putting your faith to work, that you are going out to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. But the things you say and the things that you do be the same. It is through connecting with people, connecting them with God, growing in our own faith and helping others grow in that faith, and going out to live out the gospel. That's how the grace and the wisdom of God is going to be made known in this world. Preach all the time and use words when necessary. How you live your life, what you say, it matters. You have been given this amazing gift of grace and forgiveness. A gift that really is unique in all the universe. And so my question for you this day is what's your church going to do? Is your church going to be a vehicle of this wisdom and this grace? Are you going to be a vehicle of this wisdom and this grace? Are you just going to sit on it and say, oh, I'm so lucky. Jesus loves me. Jesus died for the world. It's our job to let the world know that Jesus died for them. Go out. Go. 
and live your life in such a way that the gospel radiates through you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we ask that you would just fill our hearts with the Holy Spirit, that you would make our hearts burn for you, that you would help us to go out into this world and to to boldly go and share the grace and the wisdom that is God's, that he has entrusted to the church. Help us, Father, to share that good news with all that we meet. We ask, Father, that you would just let this church be a beacon of grace and love in this community, that people might see it, that they might hear it, that they might feel it. Help us, Father. Help us to share your grace and your wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.